In the name of the true and living God, amen. Please be seated. I love being an Episcopalian. I love the beauty of worship, the music, the invitation to stand in the awe of the mystery of God, especially in the sacraments, the permission that we get to wonder and explore and ask questions to strengthen our faith, and our commitment to combine faith with service. But I also believe that this tradition is not the only way to legitimately worship God, not the only way to be a Christian. And as a cradle Episcopalian, spent most of my life in this tradition, I've always been a curious person. And so one Sunday, a few years back, when I was living in a different area, I had a Sunday off, and I was curious to see what was going on at the megachurch down the road. Uh, I wanted to see what were they doing that were drawing in so many hundreds of people. There was a lot to observe, but one of the first things I noticed when I walked in was that uh, they were serving lattes in the lobby. <laughs> and when you go into the room, you, you see the seating. It, it's kind of like those plush, comfortable chairs that you sit in in a movie theater. I've never sat in such a comfortable seat in a church before. Um, the sound was perfect, the lighting was perfect, and they had a, a huge team of people on a big board making sure that all happened. Um, and I, I also remember in that great chair, there was a cup for your latte, a cup holder, which is very convenient. And so as we were sitting back and drinking our lattes and enjoying the sermon, I do remember the theme of the sermon that day. And the title of the sermon was, Choose Christ, Not Comfort. <laughs> but maybe that would be a good title for the gospel passage that we just heard. Jesus says some things that are difficult to hear. He says that he does not come to bring peace, but division. It's uncomfortable. And this division will come to those with whom people are closest, to their families, their households. Two will be divided against three and three against two. But how can this be? How can the Prince of Peace be bringing division? The answer is that the division he brings will come down to what we choose, what we will commit to. Will we commit to the comfort of the status quo and familiarity and comfort? Or will we commit to the realm of God and the promise that Jesus brings? Will we give our heart to it? And in which side of this division will we find ourselves? Jesus goes on to speak about the weather. He says to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it is going to rain, and it happens. And when you see the wind, south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, he says. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? He is telling about how the entire world is changed with him in it. 
If we could better see, we could better commit our hearts to what is right before us now. If we only had eyes. The theme of seeing and not seeing, the theme of blindness, comes up in Jesus' teaching again and again. And so what is it that causes humans to be so blind so often? Brian McLaren, the Christian author and, write, and, and speaker, um, put out a podcast about a year and a half, two years ago, in which he explored the question of what prevents us from being able to see. I've shared some of this before, but I think it's worth hearing this again. He has identified, as he puts it, 13 biases that cause us to not see. And don't worry, I'm not going to go through all 13, but I will give you a few. First, as he puts it, is confirmation bias. The human brain welcomes information that confirms what it already thinks and resists information that disturbs or distracts from what it already thinks. Second is complexity bias. The human brain prefers a simple lie to a complex truth. Third, community bias. The human brain finds it very hard for you to see something that your group doesn't want you to see. In other words, we put tribe over truth. Fourth, complementarity bias. If people are nice to you, you'll be open to what they see and what they have to say. And if they aren't nice to you, you won't. We mirror back the attitude we receive from people and that makes us open or closed to what they have to say, whether it's true or not. Fifth, contact bias. If you lack contact with someone, you won't see what they see. And skipping up to number nine is confidence bias. This one, I think about the used car salesman. Our brains prefer a confident lie to a hesitant truth. We mistake confidence for competence. And we are all vulnerable to the lies of confident people. Tenth is the bias by which our brains like the stories in which we are either the hero or the victim, but never the stories in which we are the villain. Being human, we are susceptible to these powerful biases. And really, there is nothing new under the sun except that with our new information technology, everything is being amped up, accelerated. And there are a lot of implications to how every one of these plays out. Clearly, to see well, we all have some hard work to do. And it is hard when the truth that Jesus brings is challenging, surprising, and that takes us out of our comfort zone Jesus will divide people. Some will see his truth and some will not. It will separate people from each other. It will not be comfortable, but it will be worth it. I believe there is such a thing as real peace and another thing that is false peace. Jesus does not bring a false or an easy peace. Instead, he brings the profound and abiding and even costly peace that we encounter when we commit ourselves to him 
and our souls are made whole. And finally, it is worth saying a word about a concept that is lying at the heart of this teaching, which is the concept of conversion, being converted. If you see properly, you will know the glory of God. It is before your eyes, and you will choose it. You will give your life to it. You will find wholeness, true peace, and salvation. And you will live in love and become a healer and help the world to be more just and less blind. Church of England priest and author Sam Wells writes, from the deepest hostility comes the greatest good. This conviction, this truth, is perhaps the hardest part of Christianity to believe, but it is the most wonderful to behold. Through conversion, the Holy Spirit takes the worst in the world, the worst in our society, the very worst parts of ourselves, and turns them into the principal instruments of God's kingdom and channels of God's peace. That's Christianity. We are asked to see this mystery of God played out before us and to choose to give ourselves to it. To choose Christ, not comfort. Amen.